0: What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks Podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as usual by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks at J underscore Bucks and at DH82 underscore bucks. We are also joined by fellow Bucks Nation member Evan Winter. You can find him on Twitter at Evan underscore winter. Evan, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. How are you tonight? uh i'm i'm doing all right i'm hanging in i'm ready to be done with the work week but i still have two days left so you know i'm just got to keep pushing through uh all right so gentlemen we have the the bucks and the redskins this weekend one of these games that we looked at even though the redskins are in first place we looked at this as a very winnable matchup for the bucks you know they have on the upcoming schedule they have the the redskins the giants the 49ers three games where the bucks can kind of straighten out their season and maybe start to make a run if they can get if they can get hot but evan we'll start with you because yeah i i said my piece on the the crossover wednesday episode david and and brent uh yesterday talked about uh, you know kind of their feelings on this game what is your feeling heading into the game against the redskins
1: i mean just about with any midseason buccaneers game it's a seesaw man um it's a good matchup better than most, especially the last couple that they have that they've had um at the end of the day I, this team still can't shake the bad habits of the past that they've shown over the last couple of years, well, since last year mainly and then halfway through this year, and you know penalties, turnovers, all that stuff, you know bad defense, and ultimately teams like the Redskins who have just enough athletes and just enough of a savvy quarterback tend to make just enough plays and the Bucks tend to give up just enough plays at the end of the day to, to lose the game. So I can eat, I can see it both ways, but at the end of the day, when it comes to this team by now, I'm a pessimist, you know? Um, so I think the Redskins went out at the end of the day.
0: Well, that's upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the things that I talked about on the crossover Wednesday episode, yeah, Alex Smith, he's been decent. He's been Alex Smith um you know they were able to go on a winning streak I, I it was two or three games in a row where he didn't even throw for over 200 yards yet the Redskins were winning um but the big thing that I look at of course is the re-emergence the rebirth of Adrian Peterson and the last time the Bucks faced Adrian Peterson he just absolutely torched them that of course was his debut with the Arizona Cardinals and he had he had, had his issues with the with the Saints and and moved on to Arizona and just absolutely destroyed the Bucks. So one of the things that I look at and David I want your opinion on this is Adrian Peterson is the ultimate X factor in this game. You're not really scared of any of Washington's pass catching weapons, but you are worried about Adrian Peterson. So if he starts to get going, it could be a long day for the Bucks. How do you see uh Adrian Peterson faring in this game, David.
2: In a nutshell, not good, actually. I know that, you know, he he absolutely crushed the hopes and dreams of every every Buccaneers fan last year. Uh went went in his in his short stint in Arizona. But, you know, losing at least three starting offensive linemen is huge. Possibly a fourth. I still I think uh I think there I think uh who is it Trent Williams right? I think he's gonna come back and play. But even still, I mean, missing three guys, the Buccaneers' defensive line is getting healthy-ish uh, for the first time in a long time. Vinny Curry is going to be out still, but you know there's there's some other pieces that could potentially uh, come into play there. And, and the Buccaneers have a middle of the road run defense so far this year, at least uh, statistically. And I look at the Atlanta Falcons' defense, I look at the Buccaneers' defense, and as far as run stopping ability goes, the the thing that makes run defense is perimeter coverage, and AP is not that guy anymore. AP is not you know, they're not, the Buccaneers defense isn't going to get, you know, by Adrian Peterson on a misdirection player on, on a reverse, at least they better not. Um, So that's why I'm a little bit less concerned about Adrian Peterson. But I mean, to be honest with you, I was less concerned. I wasn't all that concerned about AP last year. And we all know what happened there. Atlanta, he, he, carry and the Atlanta Falcons defense and hole is giving up almost a, a full half a yard more per carry on the season than the Buccaneers defenses. So it's definitely a, a situation that the Buccaneers front should be able to contain Adrian Peterson and kind of force Alex Smith to to be the guy to win the game. And hopefully uh he's he's not
0: gonna be able to do it. Yeah, you you take a look at some of of Washington's losses. They lost last week to Atlanta, Adrian Peterson only nine carries. They lost to the New Orleans Saints only four carries for six yards in that game. And they lost to. Correct me if I'm wrong. They did lose to the Indianapolis Colts in Week Two. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, they and, lost to the
2: Colts, 21 to nine.
0: Yeah, and, and yep. he only had 11 carries in that game. Whereas you look at their wins: you know, Arizona, 26 carries; Green Bay, 19 carries; Carolina, 17; Dallas, 24; the Giants, 26. When Adrian Peterson is getting fed the ball, this team wins they go as Adrian Peterson goes. It takes the pressure off Alex Smith. He can be that game manager that he plays that role really well. There's nothing wrong with being a game manager when you do it as well as Alex Smith has done, whether it's with Washington this year. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, or even for the Niners for, uh, for a brief moment in time. So, uh, Evan, do you kind of see Adrian Peterson in the same way that David does, or are you a little more worried about what Adrian Peterson brings to the table the way I am?
1: I'm definitely worried about it. Um, the only thing that gives me any kind of hope are the injuries to the offensive line. in um, three. And here's one reason why. In three road games, they've gone over 400 yards rushing, 403 to be exact, which is good for 134 yards a game. In five home games, they've only averaged 114 on the ground. So so far throughout the season, in an almost almost even spread, you know, five games of three instead of four to four, um, they actually average 20 more yards a game on the on at at front. Um, so that's a big deal in my opinion. Especially with how Tampa Bay's been gashed on the ground the last two games by Joe Mixon and Christian McCaffrey. Um it's a big deal, especially, you know, with the memory burned in our head from last year in Arizona. So it but and also here's the thing as well, is they average four point four yards on the ground in the first quarter, four point nine in the second, and in the fourth quarter they average four point five. So the team stays consistent um throughout the entire game. So he's gonna be there. And if the based off of the Bucks defense, the Redskins offense should be able to find ways to make plays. If they can keep it close, that keeps him in the game, and that's a big deal.
0: Well, for for those of you that listened, uh, you know, to to all the shows this week, you heard me tell David um, that I thought we should stop doing bold predictions because pretty much the exact opposite of what our bold predictions are are what ultimately ends up happening. And <laughs> I was I was joking. But see, because of David's day job, he doesn't believe in jokes and he took me at my word and we never really discussed it again until I heard on his episode with Brent that he said, oh, well, James and I aren't doing the bold predictions or predictive players of the game. And I'm like, uh, we're not. So we are going to go ahead and do that as we normally do on Fridays. I'm, I'm throwing David under the bus a little bit, but, you know, it, it, it listen,
2: is. Listen, <laughs> as as Chris who, who was part of our show yesterday can attest to the department of defense does not issue senses of humor. So uh, <laughs> serious stuff here. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my only defense.
0: Yeah. And well, and I'll take part of the blame too, because I didn't specify that I was kidding. Um, so yeah, just the fact that we never talked about it again and it was like, Oh, well, all right. Well, for those that don't expect to hear that today, surprise, we are going to go ahead and dive into our bold predictions, and we'll start with Evan. Evan, what is your bold prediction for Sunday's game between the Skins and the Bucks? No
1: turnovers. Um, even though Washington is 12th in turnovers, uh, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick finally finds a way to not throw one interception just like the Saints game. Um, I think this offensive line steps it up this week, even though I have my doubts as always in Caleb and not at this point. But Ali Marpet has had not so hot of the past couple games. I think he picks it up, gives Fitzpatrick plenty of time. I think the team holds on to the ball and I think Tampa Bay finally ends up in the plus turnover margin. Whether that wins of the game or not, not too sure at this point, but no turnovers, that's my bold prediction.
0: Now, Evan, I predicted no turnovers for Jameis Winston ahead of that Cincinnati game. Oh, Lord. That and was a bad call. There and we saw how that went. Why <laughs> um, I perfect predicted
2: perfect. no turnovers against Carolina.
0: And then David predicts no turnovers <laughs> against Carolina.
1: So, Third time's a well, charm, man. Third time's a uh, charm.
0: God, I hope so. <laughs> All right, David, what is your bold prediction?
2: My bold prediction is that Carl Nassib is three sacks. Nice. I like it. Wow. That's a lot of sacks. Yeah, that means bold. hopefully the team Sorry. finishes with about six. You know, here's 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 the reason I'm thinking that, right? If you're facing the Buccaneers defense, then the Buccaneers pass rush specifically, and you've got a veteran quarterback who, like, we, like we've all just covered, you're not looking for Alex Smith to win the game. You're looking for him to manage the game, right? So the most important thing, any quarterback is time. So if you're facing the Buccaneers defense, you're missing three starters, potentially a fourth, who are you worried about? I mean, I would say JPP. You're worried about JPP, right? They're going to throw a lot of help to JPP, and that's going to free up a little bit of stuff for for our guy Nassib. I completely agree, and
1: especially hopefully, Vinny Curry's his limited partition practice isn't too big of a deal. Or no, I think he sat out today actually, yeah. but um, hopefully it's not that big a deal. And I mean, and inside pressure too. I mean, hopefully, Gerald McCoy seemed, even though he was, you know, level headed as usual with it. He seemed like he had chip on his shoulder this week. Maybe that translates onto the field, and that would help as well.
0: All right. Well, I, I feel, David, like you stole a little bit of my thunder here, but I'm not going to change my bull prediction. And my bull prediction was that JPP was going to get I, – I wasn't going to say three. I was going to say multiple sacks, Uh, so two, three, right in that range – And the reason is, and I don't know, David, if you remember or not, when we were doing our our preview episode for the Eagles game, and Carmen Vitale at Buccaneers.com was talking about how much Jason Pierre-Paul just absolutely hates the Philadelphia Eagles. That's just kind of ingrained in him. That's that's the one team that really causes him to just have fire shooting out of his eye sockets. Mm -hmm. And and we did a, a quick little deep dive. Jason Pierre-Paul has more sacks against the Washington Redskins than he does against any other team in his career. he It's the only team that he has faced that he has double-digit sacks against in his career. He has 12.5 sacks against Washington in 12 games. I like the sound of that. For some reason, that... that maroon on the washington jerseys is like the red cape to a bull and he just he, he goes on an, another level so i think jason pierre paul is going to end up with multiple sacks he's still on pace to get uh you know the double digit sacks in fact if he if, if my bold prediction comes true and he gets multiple sacks he'll hit that double digit mark this week You know, nine games in, and he could potentially have double-digit sacks—something that we've been yearning for from the Buccaneers for a long, long time. So that's my bold prediction: JPP multiple sacks of Alex Smith. Man, think
1: about just—just think about. Sorry, dude. Just think about if that comes true. To how we've been yearning for that for so long, yet the defense is so bad. You know, I mean, it's just—it's bit—it's bittersweet, but at the same time, it's cool to think about.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and James, I mean. I don't know. I mean, maybe all three will come true because uh, I think it was Coach Cutter right this week talked about how a lot of the a lot of the turnovers happening in the leader come from strip sacks. I mean, if if been and JPP are getting in on the quarterback uh, because of this weak uh, Washington Redskins defense or offensive line, then uh, maybe maybe all three of our bold predictions will kind of hand with each other.
1: I think if they do, then that means the Bucks win. So hopefully, that's the
0: case. All right. Well, moving on to the next topic at hand, <clears throat> Evan, we'll kick it over to you again. Who is your predictive offensive player of the game? Man, I'm going to have to go with OJ Howard. Love it. He's
1: been been a matchup nightmare the past, what, three or four weeks? Yeah, he missed the half against Chicago. Somehow came back from the sprained MCL. Um, He's just been great, and he's further proved. I honestly, I'm not going to lie, I've never doubted him as a player but I doubted him as a first-round 19th overall pick. Um, just didn't know if he'd quite live up to the production that was set for him when he was taken at that spot. And so far he has, and he's progressed so well this year. I I think it continues this week. Um, Washington's pretty good against tight ends, but I don't think they've seen a tight end like him. I mean, that back shoulder fade that he caught last week against Carolina on the 31-yard catch, he was like a wide receiver. I mean, it was just unreal what he can do. And as I mentioned many times to y'all personally, he's the largest human being I've ever seen in my life. So the fact that he can move like that and be at that size and speed is just absolutely ridiculous. And I think he has a big game this weekend.
0: All right, David, what? how are, how are you feeling about uh, your predictive offensive player of the game this week?
2: Predictive offensive player of the game? And yes. I can't. Just copy and paste what Evan said. Nope. (laughs) I'm going with Mike. I'm going with Mike Evans. Uh, Yeah. I mean, he's got it. He can't have two terrible games in a row.
1: No, no way. You know he's hungry.
2: Uh, That's twice now, David. I mean, you can get better analysis if you want. I mean, that's pretty much all I have on why. So if you want to just (laughs) take it from there.
0: Yeah. all right, well then for my predictive offensive player of the game, you know what? We are going to go with we're gonna go with Adam Humphries. I think Adam Humphries for the second week in a row is gonna have a solid game. Now, will he be the leading receiver of the team? No, I don't think so. But I think you're starting to see Fitzpatrick utilize Adam Humphries a little bit more. It was one of those situations against Carolina where he was taking what the defense gave him, and he's like to utilize Godwin, Jackson, Evans, OJ. And this was really the first time he really zoned in on Adam Humphreys. So I think when it comes down to those third and medium to third and long situations, he now has developed that trust with Humphreys. And we're going to see Humphreys make some critical receptions during this game. So that's who I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Adam Humphreys for the second week in a row, is going to be a big impact player.
1: Well, no, man. Thank I you. think that's a great I think that's a great call. Uh, he's either going to be matched up against Fabian Moreau or Greg Stroman. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, predictive defensive player of the game and Evan, I'm going to let you know, um, outside of next week, David and I have banned ourselves and now of course, also guests from picking Jason Pierre Paul is their predictive defensive player of the game. Yeah, you know, we're only allowed to pick him for the Giants game. So, with that in mind, with JPP off the table, who are you going with for defensive player of the game?
1: I'm gonna go with my dude, Gerald McCoy. Um, I think he comes through this week. Uh, I like, I like the the I can't ever say his name, massives and um, I like the JPP pick earlier from the outside. I think we get an actual inside rush this week, and I think it's led by McCoy. Um, Like I said, he just seems in those couple of videos that I saw of him, you know, getting interviewed this week. He just seems like he's got something in the back of his head that he just wants to. He's he's out to prove something. I don't know what that is. You know, I can't talk to the guy. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, but um, that that's my guy for the week, and I think he's going to make a a big difference. Okay, David,
0: how about you? Now nah, you go first. Let's see if you steal mine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I was I was leaning. Vita Vea, but I think I'm going to pivot from that. you know, Evans got the the interior of the defensive line locked up. I'm going to pivot to the back end of the defense, and I'm taking Justin Evans, and I am going to say that Justin Evans will be the guy to get the first defensive takeaway since week three against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he's going to have a first half interception of Alex Smith which will help catapult the team towards victory. So Justin Evans is my guy this week. Uh yeah, mine's Vita Vea. So uh-huh.
2: um, <laughs> uh, um yeah, I mean I like Gerald McCoy as well as a pick. Um but Vita Vea, I think I mean, I think this is the kind of game that he is super big impact on. And kind of like I've done in the past, it may not necessarily be a statistical thing where you know he comes out with a whole lot of tackles, tackles for loss, so on and so forth. But just the impact, kind of like what you said with Adam Humphreys, just the impact that he has has the the ability to potentially make here this weekend. Uh, like if if JP sacks, if Nassif gets some of those sacks, if GMAC can get in there and, and and cause some disruptions. I mean, I think in order for for all of those things to happen, Vita Vea is going to have to eat blocks stuff stuff lanes. I mean, that's and that's what the the Buccaneers brought him in to do. You know, and and like I said, Adrian Peterson, the biggest thing that doesn't concern me about Adrian Peterson. Is is the Bucks? I mean, when I look at, at the season so far, I think the the running back that close that most closely resembles Adrian Peterson right now that they face is James Conner, and not you know they're not carbon copies by any means, but I just think the running styles are similar. uh Neither of them are super shifty. I think Conner is obviously a little bit more shifty uh than Peterson is, but the Buccaneers the only team that Conner has carried the ball for fifteen or more times and not crossed a hundred yards. Uh, kind of says a little bit of something because Connor's tearing up the league this year. Um, if they can do the same kind of thing with Adrian Peterson and if Vita Vea can come in and have an impact against the running game, then I think all those other players that we're predicting to have big games will be freed up a little bit easier to do so. Um, if Vita Vea falters, if he doesn't have an impact in, in the running game specifically, then we might see a repeat of last year from AP.
1: Well, hey, let, let me bring this full circle or uh, full triangle, but, not devil's triangle as a, you know, you know, as brought up in past, but, uh, um, my actual next defensive player was going to be Justin Evans. So yeah,
0: there we go. We're, we're all, we, we got that whole ESPN thing going on. Oh yeah. Just not not scripted. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead. And we'll wrap this up with our score predictions. I already gave mine uh, on the crossover Wednesday episode where I took Tampa Bay to win this one 34 to 30. And gentlemen, I know you guys have already submitted your picks to Bucks Nation, um, you know, for that to be published, I believe this morning as this is airing, but let's go ahead and, and let our listeners know, Evan, what is your score prediction for this week? Like I said earlier, this is
1: an up and down game. It could go either way, but I'm just realistically looking at it. And even though I said no turnovers, I still don't trust that this team is incapable of not committing turnovers or not, sorry, not turnovers, penalties. And penalties have killed this team in huge situations in the past couple of games, which they've lost by. Well, other than the Carolina game, they lost, you know, by three to Cincinnati, um, and then to by what five to Atlanta or six. Either way, um, I hate to say it. Redskins thirty, Bucks twenty-eight. Cat Chandler, Catanzaro misses the game-winning field goal, and yeah, we all just go into absolute depression for the upcoming holidays.
0: (laughs) <laughs> All right, David. Can you can you pick up the spirits of the listeners a little bit, or are you also going to take Washington?
2: I'm not taking Washington. Um, one time earlier this season, I made my pick before I listened to the crossover episode. I did the same thing this week, and I have the Bucks winning 34 to
1: 30. <laughs> <laughs> this I like is a little,
2: you guys. I like it. We're we're thinking too much alike right now.
1: Wait, just for the Bucks Nation guys out people out there what we're um whatever in one with me or one and whatever with me doing recaps and without me we're doing recaps we're undefeated on the season we're three and o, or we're two and oh so i'm not doing the recap this weekend thanks to you david so you never know
2: that i mean so far so good right yeah let's let's keep that streak alive
0: All right. Well, gentlemen, that is going to do it for our final preview episode for the Redskins and the Buccaneers this Sunday. Please send us your reaction voicemails following the game, good, bad, ugly, indifferent. Just keep it PG and keep it right around that 60-second mark. You can do so by calling 813-444-5841. And if you are... Played on the show, then of course you are entered in to win the autographed Quan Alexander jersey. Check out everything the three of us are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at Jarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore bucks, and at Evan underscore winter. Hope you all enjoy the game. Have a wonderful, enjoyable, safe weekend, and thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks. Good vibes only.